Come in. Hey, Dad. What's wrong, bud? Well, you know, my friends and I are making a podcast right Yeah, okay. But we really want to reach a lot of people. And? We are really struggling to find the right platform to launch ours with. I know you and your friends decided to go with Anger.fm. Well, it is free. Yeah, I know. They have creation tools that let you record and edit your episodes right from your phone or computer. I know, but how did you get all those other places to put your show on? That's because Anchor.fm helps you easily distribute your podcast on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, Spotify, and more. Wait, they do all that for you? For free? With no listener minimum? You can't go wrong with Anchor.fm. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Wow, thanks, Dad. Just make sure you go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello and welcome to the Wicked Things podcast. The story you are about to listen to is called Statler House Book 1 Anna. After a near-death experience changes a young orphan child's life forever, the benevolent Dr. Statler uses his bleeding-edge therapy to help her and other children at his group home return to a life of normalcy. This short story brings to life the challenges faced by trying to help one small group of children survive their common pasts. Rodney, nearly froze to death but watched as his sister was taken. Julie, almost successful in her final attempt to end her life but was plucked from the moment of death. Tyler, a teen substance abuser was saved by emergency room doctors after overdosing. Anna, a young orphan who narrowly survived her brush with death due to a house fire. John, felt the jaws of his uncle's feral dogs around his throat but was saved from death by paramedics. Emily, the only child who has never had a brush with death. What do all of the residents of the Stadler Group Home truly have in common? The answer will shock and terrify you. Dr. Stadler enters the spacious old world-style kitchen of the Group Home and pauses at the massive granite-topped Central Island counter space. He retrieves a saucepan from the hanging pot rack. He places the saucepan on the stove and turns on the burner under it. The pan rises to cooking temperature after a momentary hiss. Dr. Stadler gathers two cans of thick pasta sauce from the wooden cabinet to the left of the large kitchen sink behind the central island, containing the heated stovetop. He empties both bottles of pasta sauce into the hot saucepan. He closes his eyes as the aroma of the tomatoes and peppers that make up most of the sauce fills his nostrils. Dr. Stadler pulls a bulbous white onion from the fresh vegetable rack, placing it on top of the wooden chopping block. He grabs the butcher's knife from the block and slices through the onion several times. Dr. Stadler scoops up the onion slices and sprinkles them into the saucepan. The sauce reaches a steady boil. He grabs a wooden cooking spoon and stirs the sauce, keeping the heat from ruining it. Dr. Stadler's wife, Maggie, enters the kitchen in her favorite worn jeans and a green polo shirt. Have a rough day? Dr. Stadler fixates on the pasta sauce, stirring and stabbing at it. Maggie hugs him. You always cook when you're upset. Am I really that obvious? He looks to her. Yeah, just wish you would learn to cook. Maggie smiles devilishly. Dr. Stadler puts the spoon down on the wooden chopping block. Funny, but my mom showed me how to cook. Maggie throws her arms back around his neck, staring into his eyes and steals a kiss. She may have tried to teach you, but you failed that lesson. Maggie kisses him and points to the saucepan. It's dead. Dr. Sadler sighs in failure, allowing Maggie to place the pan in the sink and runs water into it. They cringe, looking at the burnt spaghetti sauce. Dr. Sadler lowers his head in defeat. He exhales. Fine, you save dinner and I'll save the kids.
Maggie leans in, kissing him. That's how we work best. Dr. Stadler pulls his head away from her. She touches noses with him. She kisses his neck and pushes him away. Maggie smiles devilishly as she dumps the burnt sauce into the trash. I'll do the dishes. She hands him two full trash bags. You take out the trash. Dr. Stadler pauses at the back door. What will you be doing? Maggie scrapes the burnt vegetables into the empty garbage can and places the cutting board next to the sink. Save everyone. From another one of my meals, he interrupts. Anna enters the kitchen and stands a silent vigil, watching Maggie. Maggie jumps in shock after turning to face the sink. Who are you? Sorry, did we frighten you? Anna asks. Maggie shakes her head, placing her hand on Anna's shoulder. No, you just caught me off guard. Dr. Stadler walks inside, pausing to acknowledge Anna. Good, you two have met. Maggie hugs Anna, but looks to her hands, rubbing them together. You're freezing. This is Anna, our newest addition. Dr. Stadler touches Anna's shoulder. He pulls away, examining his palm. Anna stares at Maggie with a look of contempt. We're just here to help. He smiles at Maggie and shrugs. She just wants to help. Anna walks to Maggie's side, her eyes resembling black, soulless voids. Maggie recoils, but her eyes appear normal to her now. Anna pulls in tight and hugs her. She turns and smiles wide to Dr. Stadler. We will be glad to help Maggie. The room's falling temperature reveals Maggie's breath as rising steam. No, Anna, all of us are here to help you. Anna walks into the hallway saying, We want to go get washed up for dinner. Dinner will be in about an hour, Maggie announces. Anna shrugs and leaves. Maggie stares at him and with a stern voice asks, What happened to that girl? She's not right. Near-death experiences have different effects on each person. Hers has left her a little odd is all, Dr. Stadler adds. I'm not sure what the others will think when they meet her. They may be a little off-put by her creepiness, Maggie declares. Gotta give them time. I know they'll come around, I'm sure. Dr. Stadler implores Maggie. Maggie offers a crooked smile. I suppose all things are possible through therapy. Dr. Stadler smiles and hugs his wife. That's the spirit. You can call around and see what's open, and I'll pick up the food. Got a full house to feed tonight. Anna opens her bedroom door to find her new roommate. Emily stretches out across her bed in a colorful romper, reading a book about birds. The pungent smell of additional floral perfume causes her to wrinkle her choke on the overwhelming scent. She remains silent in the hallway, studying Emily for a long moment. Emily's attention turns to the doorway, noticing Anna from the corner of her eye. She slides to the side of her bed, facing Anna. Sorry, I thought you were John. He's being a real jerk today. Didn't want to acknowledge him. It makes him mad. Emily jumps to her feet and tosses her book onto her bed. Hi, I'm... Anna cuts her off. Emily, 12 years old, no previous NDA. Emily's face contorts with confusion. It means near-death experience, Anna explains. Emily walks towards Anna, extending her open hand. Let's do this officially. You are... Anna, we are to share this room with you, Anna coldly states. 
Anna places her bag on top of her bed and opens it. We? Emily questions. Sorry, I meant to say I. Anna scolds herself. Anna places her socks and underwear into the bare dresser's drawers. She sits on the foot of her bed, motioning for Emily to join her. So, this is my side of the room. Emily sits on the foot of the bed next to Anna, pointing to her bed. And that side is mine, but we can totally share. We're supposed to be like sisters while we're here. Anna gestures at the old peeling wallpaper hanging on her side of the room and scoffs. Did it always look this good? Emily seems happy to gossip and leans in close. Closet smells like mold and the carpet gets damp every time it rains. Anna gestures to the closet. We didn't see your clothing in there. Emily cringes and fans the air in front of her face. Be my guest. It stinks in there. My stuff's in the dresser. So how many kids are here? The Dr. Stadler said six, Anna asks. She turns to face Anna standing in front of the closet. Yeah, six, including you. Anna hangs a dress in the closet. What about the others? The others don't like to share personal stuff, Emily responds. Anna lifts four blouse tops and turns back to the closet. Emily says, Let's see, first there's Rodney. He's the oldest boy here. He almost died falling into a frozen lake. So his parents sent him here? Anna asks. No, his parents couldn't deal with him after the accident. They said the accident changed him and not for the better. Emily clarifies for Anna. Anna smiles and leans into the closet and hangs a shirt up. Go on. They sent Tyler here after his parents found him overdosed again. Emily opens their bedroom door and peeks down the hallway. Anna watches her with a puzzled expression. You lose privileges if they catch you gossiping. It hurts the therapy. Emily whispers. There's Julie. She cuts herself and says it's the only thing she feels. She cut herself but her aunt found her before she died. Emily sits on the floor in the center of the room watching Anna unpack. The group home's intercom crackles, spooking the girls as it comes to life with Dr. Stadler's voice. All right, everyone. Dinner time. The girls know their conversation can wait to avoid losing their privileges. Anna studies her every movement, waiting for her to leave. Anna stands slowly, pulling wrinkles out of her dress. Two long, low shadows move against the wall near her on their own. Two tall, dog-shaped shadows with glowing red maws and eyes emerge from the darkness. Stopping next to Anna, they release a low, long growl. She pats both of them on top of their heads. They stiffen their posture and come to full attention to her left and right. Anna's eyes slowly fill with an inky black pool. That one confuses us. She's not like the others. Leave her be. We may have a need for her once we're done here. This has been the Wicked Things podcast presentation of Stadler House Book 1 Anna. Thank you for listening. And come back real soon.